Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of There's a Lot Going On, the only podcast that just remembered yesterday that the Drew League exists. I'm David Arroyo, joined as always by my pal Tom Shively. Tom, it is a rough morning for me. I don't know how you're doing this morning, but it has been rough. People will periodically see me drinking a uh, drink meant for children to recover. But Tom, before we get into anything we want to talk about today, I got to know, how you doing today? You got to get those electrolytes up. Uh, we've all been there. But uh, I, it's also an uncomfortable morning for me. I wasn't home last night and I, I didn't leave the AC on. So when I got back, it was very stuffy in here, but I can't exactly turn the fan on because it's incredibly loud, especially in my room. So we're going to sweat it out. If you see me sweating, uh, obviously I'm, I'm a profuse sweater, anyone that knows me. So apologies in advance for the visual experience, or maybe you enjoy it and you can laugh at my expense. So either way, it'll probably come. I have a video still on one of my hard drives of you profusely sweating under the hot lights of the center county report studio it's one of the main reasons i never wanted to be on air um just just couldn't handle the pressure i guess very uncomfortable in the studio how much of your how much of your time do you think if you were on air you'd be spending wiping off sweat in between commercial breaks uh that was basically exclusively what i did during commercials they have these kind of sweat removal wipes but I don't know if it's my sweat was too powerful or if they were too, they just weren't strong enough. It, they didn't really work on me. I, I just kept sweating. Because you wipe it off and then you just sweat more. You said my jeans are too strong. Exactly. I'm just built different. I'm just built, I'm built to last. My sweat exactly. built to last. Well, Tom, there's not much going on this week. We got a cash or trash coming up later, but I think we're going to start this week with Juan Soto. So Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, one of the best players in baseball. It came out yesterday that he turned down a 15-year, $440 million contract. Tom, your reaction to a man turning down $440 million? Yeah, so for perspective, Mike Trout is currently the the largest contract for 426.5 over 12 years. So Soto, longer contract and more money. Uh, It's a little bit less money per year than Trout would be, but dollar-wise, the biggest contract in Major League history. I mean, that's not that surprising. We see that in every sport where as, you know, blame it inflation, call it market value, whatever you want to say, it feels like as people hit free agency or as people get ready to renegotiate, the contracts keep going up. It's it's funny to me because I've been thinking for a while, the Nationals are terrible this year. They've been terrible pretty much since they won the World Series in 2019. At what point does Juan Soto say, I don't want to be here anymore? And I think, you know, we've seen it in the NBA. They've kind of spearheaded that. But baseball players, now football players, don't want to be part of a losing culture. And, and I, for a guy that Juan Soto is, we were talking about before the show, might make more money anyway if he leaves and goes somewhere else. What's the incentive to stay, really, if you don't want, if you don't think you can win there, which Washington is clearly a rebuilding organization, why would you want to stay? See, if I'm if I'm the Washington Nationals and I talk to uh, Brandon, Brandon Pelter, of course, friend of the show, about this when we were going to Cleveland a couple months ago, because I was reading an article about, like, should the Washington Nationals trade Juan Soto? And I hold the opinion they should trade Juan Soto because there's no way he's going to stay there. If you're, A, they're rebuilding, like you mentioned, and... 
if you can get that money from another team who actually can compete and has a chance to win something, why are you going to wait it out in Washington and just hope they eventually figure out again? They don't have any, there's nothing that says to me the Nationals are going to figure this thing out anytime soon. They are one of the worst teams in baseball since they won that World Series. They don't look like they're on the up and up in any sense of the word. And so it's literally just like, you're going to stay there because you feel some sort of sense of loyalty, I guess. And I just don't think that's smart. And he clearly doesn't think of it that way either. It's just wild when you see the numbers to say out loud, this guy turned down $440 million. So I was talking with my roommate last night, and even if Soto gets less money, What's what's the difference really between like if it's four hundred with another team or four forty with the Nationals? Like he's still gonna have whatever he wants in life. He'll still be financially secure. Like, what's the incentive to stay for just that much more money again if you don't want to win? And the other thing is he, they won the World Series in twenty nineteen, so he's got that on the resume already. It's not like he's staying in Washington. You know, some sort of like you mentioned loyalty that he owes a championship to the fans of DC. They already got the ring. They're good to go. They stink now. They are the worst team in baseball this year. I think they're 30 and 62 now. Um, I never thought the Orioles would be the best team in the DC area as quickly as it's come, but here we are. And so, yeah, what's the incentive to stay? I don't really see a lot of it for a team that is rebuilding. Because if you have one superstar that kind of doesn't want to let go, you end up like the Cincinnati Reds with Joey Votto, who have perpetually been miserable because he doesn't want to leave and they can't unload his contract and get some other young talent. And that's what the Nationals might become if Soto doesn't leave. Uh, the Washington Nationals are 30-63, and 63, worst record in baseball, 28 and a half games back of the division-leading New York Mets. They are, what, 19 games back of the third-place Phillies. That's how bad the Washington Nationals are. They have a run differential of minus 153. They're, just, they're terrible. And... I just, I like to hypothesize, right? If he's turning down $440 million, you have to imagine somebody's going to give him $500 million, right? Like he feels to me, you know, he's 26 years old. He's going to hit the market, what, 26, 27 years old. And he's going to get a bag. Like much in the same way Harper got a bag because he's the he was the rare player that hit free agency when he was still in his you know, late 20s, early 20s, mid 20s, whatever he was. He was like mid 20s, late 20s. And he's going to hit the market about the same age Harper was because they both debuted when they were 19 years old. And it's just, it's it's insane to think about that he is going to be probably the first $500 million baseball player. And he's 100% deserving of it because he's that good. And I think if you're the Nationals too, you have to look at, we lost Harper and you know they were it's a team that has built incredibly well over the years you know they have a lot of internal draft picks Strasburg obviously uh Ryan Zimmerman that they know how to develop talent Soto clearly but I think you have to kind of have confidence in your team that you can reset with a guy like Soto because a team is going to give you every prospect on the farm to get him if they want him and I think this year kind of might be your best year to do it if you're a team in contention like this is the year to pull the trigger I mean, who, who, who to you is a team that would make this kind of move? Because I'm looking and no one really jumps out to me as like, 
this is a team that would obviously make this move, but I'm sure there are teams that would do this. Uh, the two that come to mind are the Dodgers and Yankees because I feel like they're in the market for anybody, um, but I don't really think either one of them need Juan Soto this year necessarily, especially the Yankees. Um, but a team like the San Francisco Giants, maybe, I think, could be an interesting one. They're kind of hanging around in contention. They've known they've been known to make some splashy deadline moves in the past. Um, they need some outfield help so he can he can facilitate there as well. Um, so maybe San Francisco. Um, if the Angels were still good, I'd say L.A., but mm, they've fallen apart. So not the Angels. I mean, the Angels are a joke, right? They already have two of the best players in baseball, and they are still. Uh, let me check notes here. 39 and 53, 21 games back of first place in the AL West. They're going to try that. What can we get the top five players in baseball and still have a losing record? That's their like, how far do we have to go down the list of elite players before we finally have a winning record? It's that I don't know if you saw, but the athletic wrote a story about that guy who has that viral tweet that's like, uh, Mike Trout hit three home runs today and Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since, you know, that whatever the fake baseball player he made up is. It's tungsten he, something. What is it? It's tungsten arm something. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and find it so I can tell you. But, you know, it's just that is the Angels. Like, it's a joke, but it's also so serious. Like, that's exactly how these players play. And it's... I don't know. It's insanity. I'm trying to find the. I mean, tongue Padres arm too, O'Doyle. Some Padres rumors. You said Padres. Tungsten arm O'Doyle, perfect. Yeah, Padres for Soto as well. So maybe somebody in the NL West, because you kind of to compete with the Dodgers, you kind of have to be splashy. And we've seen San Diego. Obviously, they went out and got Machado. They paid a lot for Hosmer. They they got Kimbrel. So they're, they're a team that makes splashy moves the question is can they is he going to put them over the top because I, I think anybody who's watching still thinks they're a couple steps behind la every time i see an angels highlight it's like mike trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 while shohei otani did something that hasn't been done since tungsten arm o'doyle of the 1921 akron groomsman as the tigers defeated the angels <laughs> eight to three that is I from feel, I feel bad for the Matt Angels Mick. fans, man. Why? I feel bad. Well, because you have generational talent and it's going to waste. See, that's the thing. That's why I don't feel bad because they're getting to watch generational talent. Yeah, the team is sorry, but I don't know. At least getting to watch it is better than not getting to watch. I, I don't get to watch many Mike Trout games. So you'd rather be... I guess if you're going to be bad, have talent. Exactly. If you're going to be terrible, have okay, somebody right, that's I worth watching. Like, I, f- I feel worse for the athletics fans. I'll give you that. Exactly. So if you're going to be bad, have something that's worth the price of admission. Don't just be sorry. The Washington Nationals have something worth the price of admission. It's called the President's Race. Most electric two minutes in sports. Well, speaking of potentially worth the price of admission tom i am struggling through this record i just got to tell you as we move on to the next topic uh you sound great you're hiding it well listen we gotta hide it it it, we gotta give the people what they want they came here for there's a lot going on and damn it i'm gonna deliver them there's a lot going on today tom 
Robert Lewandowski moving from Bayern Munich to Barcelona. Barcelona finally cleared up the money to be able to even make the move. He goes over there on a $50 million fee. Uh, Bayern Munich immediately extended Sergei Nabry after that happened and uh, is going to probably sign DeLitt from Juventus. Uh, but Tom, Robert Lewandowski to Barcelona, your reaction? I'm not surprised. I think uh, a lot of people figured he was going to leave. They've been in talks with a, a few different clubs. I know Real Madrid was mentioned earlier this year. Um, but I'm not just really surprised he left, especially when Sadio Mane came in. I think it's a great move for Bayern because the you know you've kind of gotten everything you want out of Lewandowski. You have a you have a Champions League title. They've won ten league titles in a row. So you know if you can unload him for I think they got fifty million for him for for one year left on his contract. Like great move for Bayern. And then you mentioned they can sign some other guys. Uh, they offloaded Sula as well to Dortmund, who I thought was a terrible defender and one of their weakest links, and now he plays for their biggest rival. So tip of the cap to Bayern. They're probably going to win their 11th title this year. Um, in terms of Lewandowski's fit with Barcelona, I'm fascinated because I think his game, kind of his goal-hunting ability, translates really well to the style of football that's played in Germany. And not so much in Spain. I think it's a, I think it's a quicker game in Spain. I think it's a little bit not less technical, but but definitely quicker. And I don't know how well he's going to translate, especially in his mid thirties now. Um, he's not going to be Benzema, which I think is is the closest thing that people are going to want to compare him to. But I, I think we're going to see that they're worlds apart once he gets to Barcelona. I think Benzema is a better facilitator for his teammates comparatively to Lewandowski. Lewandowski is really just a guy who is going to finish goals. But I actually, I'll be honest, I didn't like the Barcelona fit that much. I think Barcelona is pretty far off from like being a, a Champions League contender and even potentially winning La Liga. Like To me, that is Real Madrid's league to lose next year, not Barcelona's to win. And Lewandowski, to me, like he could have gone somewhere like Chelsea, right? Where I think Chelsea, realistically, all they're missing is a guy to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think Lewandowski was like plug and play in Chelsea. You go in, all they want you to do is score goals. You don't have to do much else. Boom, bang. You know, you might win the uh, Premier League. But instead, he's going to go to Barcelona, where he doesn't have. They just signed. Um, they just signed. What's his name from City? Though they just signed Sterling, who <laughs> kind of does the same thing. Yeah, but like, if if you're if you're looking for goal scoring, would you rather have Lewandowski or Sterling? I think you'd rather have Lewandowski, but the you know, that Sterling was the deal that probably made more financial sense to them. I guess what I'm saying is is. From Robert Lewandowski's perspective, like why Barcelona? Is it is he like is he trying to evade taxes or something? Because I feel like that is what every <laughs> Spanish player gets in trouble for is they were trying to <laughs> evade taxes and then the Spanish government comes after them. So like I just the move doesn't make a ton of sense to me from his perspective. From Byron's perspective, it was easy. He didn't want to be there. You just got his replacement in Sadio Mane, and so it's like fine, you can go. Like We'll just play more of a false nine and create more for our wings. I think you might be onto something with the taxes. They got Messi on evasion, right? They got Ronaldo. They got Luka Modric. 
you might be onto something there. I mean, like, what else is he going to Spain to do? Because, again, he's not going to win. I mean, look, Barcelona's beautiful. Would you rather live in Munich, Germany, or Barcelona? Like, hmm, let me think about that one. Yeah, it's a good take. I mean, it's a very good... Can we talk real quick? Robert Lewandowski has one of the worst haircuts in all of sports. <laughs> I Really? I, it doesn't seem odd to me. It's just kind of generic white guy haircut. I don't know. No, nah, it's bad. Like, it's... When he lets it get, like, long, it, it just does this thing that... Is, like, it doesn't match his face shape, right? He's a very square head. And then he has this hair that, like, accentuates how square his head is. So, uh, he's a weird guy. Weird guy, Robert Lewandowski. Gotta be honest, never noticed, but next time he's next time he's in La Liga, I'll take a look. He, I think the... I just, I can't get over it. It just doesn't work. He's gonna be a disaster in La Liga. He'll score plenty of goals. I just don't know how this raises the ceiling of Barcelona in any real way. Like, yeah, they needed a goal scorer, but... They're, they're, they're not that close to Real Madrid, where one Robert Lewandowski gets you there. You need a lot more than Robert Lewandowski to get you there. And Real is over here like, we have just wingers on wingers. Like, we will trot out another one by halftime. Yeah, we'll throw Rodrigo at you. We'll throw Vinicius at you. Atletico is way better than them, too, at this point. Like, they're they're a distant third in terms of the big three there. Like, at least Atletico has Suarez and Griezmann. I think this pulls them closer to Atletico but yeah, I would say it's, again, I just don't think they're competing for a La Liga title next year. I don't think they're competing for a Premier League title next year. We'll see what Bayern does. I mean, it's not easy to replace 50 goals a year. So we'll see how they supplement losing him. And, you know, I assume Mane is not going to score 50 goals. So where are you getting the other 25 plus goals from if you're not getting them from Mane it's going to be interesting how Bayern copes with this but I mean Robert Lewandowski leaves as arguably the best goal scorer in Bundesliga history arguably the best goal scorer in Bayern Munich history and he's going to go down as a legend when whenever they relive the 2020 season they'll have him back and they'll celebrate him because he was unstoppable for like a three four year stretch I think Sané and Gnabry are going to have a bigger role, which would be very fun. I'm going to hit you with the hypothetical real quick. Which is more likely to happen? Barcelona wins La Liga or a team that isn't Bayern Munich wins the Bundesliga? Wow. I would say Barcelona wins La Liga. I'm with I think you. The gap, I'm with you. I don't the see gap, it. The gap between... Barcelona and Real Madrid is not as big as the gap between Bayern Munich and the rest of the Bundesliga. Like it is, it's so, it's a massive gap right now. And it's funny because there's been discussion recently about, you know, allowing more foreign investors to come into the Bundesliga. And one of like the former, uh, I forget what he was, but he's, he used to be some big wig at, um, the Bundesliga, you can tell I am struggling over here. Uh, he used to be some sort of big wig at the Bundesliga or at Bayern Munich or something like that. And he 
basically was like was like oh i don't think the teams would support that blah 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 and he was essentially making the argument that it'd be bad for bayern munich and i was like wait a minute bayern munich is the biggest brand in germany if anything it'd be great for bayern munich if you let all this foreign money flow into it yeah i don't hey hey i will say red bull got a club and they're suddenly the third best team in germany so foreign investment maybe isn't that bad all right, Tom, I think that's enough on the two stories that we had this week. Uh, you have prepared a cash or trash for this week. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about that Why I send some text messages and try my best to stay awake. Maybe take another sip of your beverage there. Yeah, so David, we are going to uh, the wonderful world of Scotland this week, uh, the home of golf. Uh, it's home of the Open Championship. Last time I checked the leaderboard, Rory McIlroy has a two-shot lead. Very, very cool story if, if the Brit wins at uh, St. Andrews. would be very cool. We're not here to talk about that, though. We're here to give you some fun facts about the wonderful country or, you know, state of Scotland, I guess. It's not really a country. It's part of the UK. But basically, I'm going to read off some facts, and we're going to decide if these facts are cash or trash. David, are you ready as you sip your beverage? All right. We'll start with uh, we'll start at the top here. The official first of all, quick quiz. Do you know what the capital of Scotland is? Not a clue. Wow, Edinburgh trash. Okay, why would I know uh, that? The official animal of because you're worldly. I don't know. I guess nope. I yeah, guess but I'm not. not. All right, the official animal. The official animal of Scotland. The unicorn. Cash or trash. Uh, I'm going to go cash just because it's kind of ridiculous, right? It, it it pedals in that that world of being so ridiculous. I like it. Like, it's a fake animal, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to roll with it. We're going to make this our our national animal. So I'm going to go cash on the, on the unicorn as the national animal. I like cash, too. I'm with you because I think the unicorn and Scotland have a lot in common. The, the unicorn isn't really an animal. Scotland isn't really a country, so I think that they, they kind of play off that a little bit, so I'm, I'm going cash as well. <laughs> Scotland isn't really a country is a great quote. Uh, all right, moving on now. The uh, It's going to be a common theme throughout here probably, but it's home to the oldest tree in Europe, the Twisted Yew, which is around uh, 3,000 years old. Uh, I'm currently looking up the Twisted Yew because I want to see what this looks like before I give my <laughs> opinion. It's spelled Y-E-W, so already deceiving. I didn't know how they spelled it. And what do you think? Not like, like a, I thought you like a U. Like I thought it'd be shaped <laughs> like a U. And so I'm thoroughly disappointed by this tree. I'm gonna go trash. Although apparently it's like an ancient tree. You how old is this tree? I got three thousand years old. I mean, that's pretty cool, but like, I don't know. It's a tree. Why am I really going to get that hyped about a tree? You know what? Ask me in like 15 years when climate change has destroyed a lot more of our trees and this will be cash. But for now, it's trash. It's a good take. The Twisted You has no idea what's coming for you. That's a very good point. I'm going trash. I think only because 3,000 years kind of feels short to me. I don't oh, know. Here Maybe not, but... Like, if you're going to be the oldest tree in the world, like, at least five figures, no? This is a terrible take. You're like, 
you, Tom Shively, whose average life expectancy in America is 78 years old, and you're like, 3,000? That's nothing. Yeah, but, you know, I at least, you know, go to the grocery store and go to the bathroom. What does a tree do? It just kind of stands there. I could live to 3,000 if I didn't move my entire life. Oh, could you? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I actually I guess think we'll science never know, would unfortunately, argue... I've moved before. I think science would argue quite the opposite, that not moving is one of the worst things you could do if you want to live for a long time. What do they know? They just wear lab coats, whatever. This is the one that got me, Dave. The <laughs> highest proportion of redheads are in Scotland. As I voice cracked there, we can edit that out, I'm sure. But the highest proportion of redheads are in Scotland. We can't. <laughs> Speaking of voice cracks, yesterday I was in my car and I was singing some uh, Silk Sonic. And yo, I went to go hit one of the notes and my voice cracked greater than it's ever cracked before. Uh, to answer the question, greatest proportion of redheads. I don't know a whole lot of redheads, but the redheads I do know, I tend to be friends with. So I guess this is cash. I don't know. Most most of the redheads I know I'm, I'm friends with. But having that many redheads, I'm going to change my answer. It's trash because being a redhead feels unique and so i guess it wouldn't be very unique in scotland so i'm gonna go trash it's not necessarily that the most scottish people are redheads but i think this is i think this is cash for scotland because of the fact that it's trash for ireland i think ireland <laughs> is kind of known as the land of the redheads and so scotland kind of actually having that over ireland is a nice little thing in the back pocket that's like, hey, you know, that, that, that's your thing, but we're actually a little bit better at it than you are. I think it's a great feeling for the Scottish to, or maybe, or maybe they're mad about it. Maybe the Irish get all the credit when the Scots are like, we're, we're the redhead people. Like, what the hell's going on here? So, I don't know. Maybe it's trash, but I'm going to go cash with the first perspective there. I like it. I, I, I like the, the perspective of we are spiting another country by being the country with the most redheads. It's like if America was suddenly like the land of maple syrup and Canada's <laughs> just sitting there kind of like, huh? Or if we were the land of the nicest people, but that would never happen. <laughs> or if we were the land of healthcare. Yeah, or if Canada was the land of like guns and freedom. <laughs> oh, all right. There's a lot to unpack there, but we're moving on to uh, the raincoat invented in Scotland by a man named Charles Mackintosh. Uh, I don't know. My stomach is killing me. I am barely able to focus. I'm going to go... I guess it's cash. I mean, it rains a lot in Scotland. So I guess... You know you know what? It, it, it's funny because we're talking about the Open Championship. And I heard somebody say this. Uh, I think it was Dan on the Dan Lebertard show. Has there ever been an open championship that looked beautiful? They always look gloomy and like just not pleasant to be at. So inventing the raincoat in Scotland sounds about right. I'm going to go cash. There's nothing that sounds more miserable than like a British day at the beach. I think, you know, it's always cloudy. <laughs> it's always a chance of rain. So I'm kind of with you on that one. I'm going to go cash. Like the name Charles McIntosh is just incredibly Scottish too. So I like that. And I'm in support of that. It feels like, you know, a very, very uh, practical invention for the people of Scotland. This is the worst I felt in at least four months. All right, David, you might feel worse, though, if you uh, <laughs> visit Edinburgh 
Castle, uh, one of the landmarks of the Scottish capital. It uh, sits on an extinct volcano. Catch or trash? Who knows? Maybe it'll be active soon and it'll blow you to smithereens. But the <laughs> landmark sits on an extinct volcano. What What makes a volcano extinct? It's just not active anymore? That's the thing, right? Like, how long between eruptions do you go extinct? You know, I got a joke for that that I'm not going to say while we're recording. Uh, <laughs> I am going to go trash. Just, again, because I don't understand how... It's still a volcano, right? So it, how is it extinct? It's either active or it's inactive. It's not extinct. So I don't know. That, that's got to be trash to me. It's either active or it's just a mountain. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, it, you are either... I'm either in imminent danger, you might blow me to smithereens, or you're not a volcano. <laughs> I think it's the latter, so we got to re-examine the use of volcano a little bit. But speaking of which, Yellowstone, have you been out in Wyoming? I have been to Yellowstone a few times, actually. It's under it's under the, uh, the massive supervolcano, so uh, we've been hearing for years that that's moments away from eruption, so... You know, we'll see. We'll see if that dooms humanity before global warming does. What would uh, what's more likely to cause me a the most pain? Getting blown up by a volcano or a twelve-hour day of drinking? Uh, it looks like drinking is taking the cake right now. Yeah, I think drinking's in the lead right now. At least this it's has quick to be good. if you get blown up by the volcano. If people don't like this, they don't know good content. This has to be good content. <laughs> drink, drink, you have to linger. Like, you just have to sit and stew with yourself for the next day. I gotta eat something when I get to work, man. I, I don't know what, but something. Uh, David, I'm glad you brought up eating, because our next cash or trash is uh, the signature Scottish dish, haggis. Uh, I'll give you a quick background. It is heart, liver, lung onion spices and oatmeal david is that uh is that perking your appetite at all there uh, i already wanted to throw up and you describing that made me want to throw up <laughs> even more that's disgusting that is tr i'm trying not to think about it like actively trying not to think about it because i feel that sick okay. what are the choice so you have to choose between heart liver and lung to eat which one are you eat nah. nope I've had liver, so I'm going with liver. Uh, the dish, oh, I feel like, can is we trash, stop? though, for can all the reasons that you mentioned. We won't, we won't linger on this. that one. Last but not least, the Highland Games, the equivalent of the Scottish Olympics, they have a few uh, events that started there that uh, have now translated to the modern Olympics, like the, uh, the shot put and hammer throw both started at the Highland Games. They also have an event where you throw a massive log, which is called Tossing the Caber. Uh, so the Highland Games, cash or trash? Oh hell yeah, I love this. This is cash. This this sounds like a good time. Uh, probably while drinking, so maybe not. But it sounds like it's just a day of debauchery. I don't know another way to describe. Like, why else would you be throwing logs other than you and your friends are just absolutely hammered out of your mind? This sounds like a lot of fun. These sound yeah, like developed like. After a night at the pub, right? Like, they're out there in the yard, like, hey, see how long you can throw this log? Yeah, like, it, it sounds like a lot of it's, fun. It's like, a caber. I'm... It's a caber, too. I like that name. Uh, I actually, how when far I was do you think you could throw a log? One year, 
when I was at summer camp one year, we did like a mini Highland games and they give you the log. The way it works is you kind of, somebody else picks it up and they like place it on your hands and you kind of have to flip it up and flip it over. And I was 13 years old and I was a very weak child and I'm still a very weak man, but I was never able to throw it over. So not very far. Mine never like flipped over. It always like stood up almost and then fell back down towards me. So it's that one. It's the one where like you chuck it over your head. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to flip it over, yeah, and like see how far out it rolls. Yeah, I don't know how far I could throw it. Whatever the minimum is, I don't know if I could clear that. <laughs> I wish that one was in the Olympics. I do. Listen, I go to the gym, but not on tug of war. Also that. originated there, apparently too. What'd you say? Tug of War also originated at the Highland Games, too. So I hear oh. cash all around. T Tug of War is one of the greatest schoolyard games of all time. Top five schoolyard games of all time. Go. Oh, uh, I can't give you order right now, but Dodgeball, Foursquare, um, Tug of War, Mulch Monster. Did you ever play Mulch no, Monster? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, basically, you're on the playground and someone is like it. And they like try to tag you and tag. You, if you like hit the mulch you're out. Well no, but like you like you can't be on the mulch. Yeah, tag. Uh, whatever. Yeah, alright, fine. You want to be boring and call it tag, whatever. Uh number five, I think, is I'll call it knockout from basketball, because we used to always play that at recess. Uh honorable mention, you didn't mention it. Uh double dutch is always a classic. Mm. Good take. I was terrible at jumping rope, though, so that might be personal. Bias. I was very good at jumping rope, but uh, I didn't do a lot of double dutch. Just not, I don't know. I would do it now and then, but it wasn't really my thing. Foursquare, though. I loved me some foursquare. Kickball. You didn't mention kickball. Yeah, it's another it classic. Mm, good point. Ooh, what else do we have? That's all I got. We had this weird, like, kind of basket type thing that you would throw a ball in and it had like four different baskets basically and it was like one two three four so you would try to score in like the four and it was a very fun game but i can't really explain it that well but that was that was a fun one too all right tom i feel like death so let's just keep this the show moving so i can take a shower and go to work and feel like death there tom there's only one more thing we have to talk about this week that is of course the sound of the week. Uh, I do not believe you have any sound this week, but to make up for it, I, of course, came equipped with two sounds of the week. Tom, it will be your choice which one we listen to first. Would you like to hear an epic rant that will go down in the Radio Hall of Fame of rants, or would you like to hear an 18-second clip from an, un from an unexpected ally? I want to hear the rant, but let's do that one last. So we'll start with the ally. All right, so uh, a friend the other day sent me a TikTok that caught me quite off guard. It was a TikTok of Charles Barkley. It is 18 seconds long, and I think he uh, he speaks quite eloquently here. So let, let's go to the sound. I want to say this. If you're gay and transgender, I love you. Hey, and if anybody gives you you tell him Charles said, you. So there you have it. Charles Barkley, unexpected LGBTQIA plus ally.
Right to the point. I like it. Uh, you know, not messing around. Get the message across. Tell him Charles Barkley said F you is, is I'd be a little terrified if I heard that. So I it would that message would work on me. Charles Barkley, I feel like people don't realize how big Charles Barkley is because he's on a set with other massive human beings. But like Charles Barkley is like six six. He would his fist is probably the size of my head. <laughs> yeah, he would I would just run the other way and hope he doesn't catch me. You don't me. become the you don't become the round bound rebound without having massive hands. Like he has to have huge hands to be that good at rebounding. At 6'6". Six, six. You're not a small guy either if you're the round mound. <laughs> the round mound of rebound. Come on. Isn't that, isn't that his nickname? The round mound of rebound or something like that? I believe so, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I got my Charles Barkley fats correct. Uh, Tom, let's go to the second one. Uh, this sound comes to us courtesy of the Michael K. show. Uh, Michael K. was not there on this day. And it was just Don LaGreca and peter rosenberg and this caller that called in kept saying that don lagreca was nothing without michael k which gave us this epic sound uh that comes to us again courtesy of the michael k show so don if they had a guy batting 300 in his spot they'd be 25 games up that's how he's hurting him. oh my god and is that k, you think so, so that's what you need to do oh, stop with your michael k i'm on the air i mean, worked at the fan before michael k i do ranger games without michael k 16 years doing pre and post for the jets guess what no michael k i got a podcast that's in the top 50 in every country on the planet no Michael K. I've got two kids. I've got a wife. 17 K. years I'll be married to her in September. Guess what? No Michael K. I've got hair that people would die to have. Michael K. Nothing. I'm a fabulous driver. Michael K. has got nothing to do with it. I'm one of the best friends you could ever have in your life. Zero to do with Michael K. Do not ever say to me, you wouldn't have the guts to say it to my face. Michael K's got nothing to do with what I am and who I am. I can work with Michael K. I can work without Michael K. You better bring it. And there it is. Some of the greatest sound to ever come out of the city of New York. I, I, there's a lot of highlights for me there, and I want to I tick them off one by one. First of all, I think if you're saying you're a good driver as like the third or fourth thing on your list of things that are great about yourself, you've run out of things that are great about yourself. But then on top of that, I thought it was odd the need to mention that his kids, that Michael K had nothing to do with his kids. I never had that question or that thought that Michael K did have something to do with his kids, but now I do. I, I feel like the, the fact you had to mention it to me, I have a lot of questions. This rant started so terribly. I, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm not a big fan of people like listing their credentials. I feel like it's a little, it's a little desperate. I feel like it's a little, it's, it's a little selfish kind of to be like, Oh, I've done this, this, and this. I, I'm so amazing. But then he gets to the the non-sports radio-related stuff, and it just gets so much better with, with the driving and the family. And it brings up the question, is is Michael K a really terrible driver? You know, did Michael K... 
sleep with this man's wife you know what is going on here that he feels the need to be like none of that was michael k those kids all mine incredible content and uh that's what every radio interview should be i need more guys like lagreca don lagreca first of all best new york name in sports radio maybe besides francesa but very italian sounding name very italian rant i like it i would like to as well since you mentioned it I find it funny the way he kind of like he he's like he's giving his bona fides right, and out of nowhere he he says he's a great friend while also insulting the fact that Michael K has no hair, <laughs> and so like I don't those two things don't they don't go together. You can't say I'm a great friend and then also your friend who you host the show with is catching a stray about not having hair. Not out of context. He didn't say Michael K has bad hair. He said Michael K has nothing to do with his good hair. No, 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 no. He said the or did the he say exact Michael K quote has bad was hair. I, I have a head part. of I hair. I thought he was just saying Michael K has nothing to do with he my said, lettuce. I he said I have hair that people would die for. And then he says quote unquote Michael K nothing. <laughs> That's a stray. Michael K was he was just trying to list off his bona fides, and Michael K caught a stray. Michael K's return to the office on Monday is gonna be is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I don't know when he's when he's back on air, when he's gonna address this, but this goes down as as one of the greatest New York sports rants of all time. Uh Don LaGreca, of course, New York Sport Rant Hall of Fame, right up there with Mike Francesa uh and Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Russo, thoughts on the Russo first take? I don't know how much you can go into it because you work for ESPN. but uh, As an employee of ESPN, I will say uh, this. I think it is some of the best content we produce at ESPN is Chris Russo on first take. Because there's some... They, especially when Dominique was on the other day, they know the topics that are going to get him going. Because I don't know if you saw Dominique Foxworth the other day, within five minutes of being on air said that Derek Jeter was overrated, Alex Rodriguez was better than him, and that uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant would have cooked Larry Bird if they played the same era. And he was heated. Christopher Russo was heated. And it did not take very long, and it was fantastic. It was great content. It's just like the easy button from Staples is just the Russo button that you just know the topics that are going to get him going. He said something about Bob Cousy. Uh, he said if Lamar Jackson played in the 1960s that we'd be handing out the Jackson at the end of every year, not the Lombardi. I did see yeah. <laughs> So. Like, He'd be like a mythical figure in the 60s. It's, I, it's my favorite exercise. Who is the athlete that would be most terrifying if we put them in the 1960s? Lamar Jackson is up there. Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. Maybe. Aaron Donald now is terrifying. LeBron James. <laughs> it's fun to do it the other way too, though. Like, what is Wilt Chamberlain in, in the 2022s? I don't know. Taco Fall. Have I given the take before? Nah, that's disrespectful. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. Have I given the take before that if a record says the first since Wilt Chamberlain, that just means the first person to ever do it? Because... I don't believe Walt Chamberlain did half these things they tell us he did. Which is less likely, the 100-point game where they slept with 20,000 women? 
Uh, how old? When? How old was he when he died? Oh, I, I, I mean, it's twenty thousand is definitely less likely though, because twenty thousand days I feel like is at least sixty years. Uh, I'm trying to figure this out because three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah, I am at forty years, and we still have not hit that many women. So, it would have had to have been multiple women over quite a long period of time i'm not going to get into too many details about how he'd get to the twenty thousand number but i think it's more likely he scored 100 points in a game than it was that he slept with twenty thousand women what did he die of did he have like a heart i think attack? i'm with you on that one i don't know i gotta be honest i mean like he like he's a massive human, i can look it so up it real quick track that his heart wow he lived until 1999 he was 63 when he died. Heart attack, yeah. Treated for yeah, a regular that, heartbeat. That sounds about... I mean, he's 7-1. Uh, went to Overbrook High School in Philadelphia. That is a... Uh, people who are from Philly will definitely know where Overbrook High School is. Uh, do you know why you have to shoot your free throws without crossing the free throw line? Uh, I'm guessing that's a wilt rule. Uh, when he was a freshman it. at Kansas, he would just jump from the free throw line and dunk it every single free throw attempt. And so by the time he debuted at Kansas, because you were not allowed to play college basketball as a freshman, by the time he debuted as a sophomore, he they had changed the rule to you cannot go past the free throw line when you were shooting your free throws. As you said to me a couple of weeks ago, most influential player no in basketball doubt. history. I mean, this man, this man was something else. And it's just, it's look up sometime all the rules they had to change because of him. I will. I'll have to do that. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, when he debuted, he again, he was on the freshman team. And his debut was against the varsity team in like a scrimmage. Uh, he scored 42 points grabbed 29 rebounds, and had four blocks in that game. It's not bad. All right, Tom, I think we've, uh, we've, we've gone long enough for the people today. We actually have gone much longer than I anticipated us going, considering uh, we had very little to talk about. But, you know, Sound of the Week really came through this week. So, you know, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, I'm going to try and do the spiel. I, this is a bad outro so far. I am not on my a game today but if you've fought through this great content you know what i want you to do i want you to go on to apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating tell us what you like what you don't like make sure you give us a five star rating on spotify as well or whatever your listening platform of choice is if you're watching us on youtube make sure you leave us a like leave a comment on uh, what you think is maybe the greatest rant in sports history because uh, chris russo is definitely has a stake to that potential title and if you're watching us on youtube make sure you subscribe as well again new episodes every single monday tom do you have any final thoughts uh, just I was it was an honor to be a part of the David Royal flu game and I will cherish this for the rest of my life so thank you for letting me be a part of it much like Michael Jordan my flu game was not the flu and was uh, just I mean let's be honest he was either he either had food poisoning or he was hungover. I do not believe the food poisoning story because Michael Jordan notorious liar that's Tom Shively I'm David Royal catch you back here next week for another edition there's a lot going on